Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I'm your humble host, CEO Hayes, a.k.a. CJ, a.k.a. the Red Bearded Assassin, a.k.a. the Dad by God. Listen, a little bit of everything. I'm <laughs> glad to be back. I know I missed last week, uh, no episode last week. That was due to a couple of things, right? So Afros and Audio was last weekend, and I recorded that on, well, aired that with Afros and Audio on the day that I usually record the awakened soul now i was still planning on giving the episode me and my brother jb who's the guest on this week's episode did record technology worked against us there was like some weird things going on with the episode so we decided to re-record it um and so that led our schedules just didn't kind of align to get something out last week and it just this is the way that it worked out so now we're here we're back uh a week off you, you know a much I will say deserved week off. Um, for those who follow me on my social media pages probably saw that I released a new trailer or teaser for uh, my first short film, The Creative, and I've been really, really deep into working on that. So, you know, I've, I haven't really taken a step back from the podcast side of things while I'm working on that. But, you know, honestly, looking back, it was probably needed uh, some time to refresh. But this week's episode with JB is a really, really good one. Um, we get into the conversation, you know, we're continuing our, our series on fat phobia and something that goes unnoticed in this uh, conversation a lot is how it affects men. So we really wanted to dive deep into that side of it. And I, I was, you know, grateful to have JB to come on and, you know, somebody that I'm, that I'm like, that's my brother. So we talk about everything. And so there was not a really a level of being uncomfortable and unwilling to talk about some certain things that we needed to get into with that episode. So Overall, great episode. I can't stress enough uh, how much I hope the series really helps and breaks down some walls for people. Um, but that's really it. You know, go and check out Afros and Audio. One thing that I will say is that me getting into this uh, space of being a creative and just working with other creatives, I've been part of a few festivals. The uh, Melanin Mana Festival out in Dallas, Texas, which that's I'm I'm there for everything they do, everything they need me to do. You know, I was doing their uh, virtual um things for a while once a month and then uh, also afros and audio this is another one um with the person who runs it to leave i've really really gotten to know him and that's like i what his vision of for the what this festival can ultimately be is something that i support fully so i'm there completely locked in for anything they need me to do this year's was virtual last year was was in person we'll see how going into next year how that ends up taking shape with covid and a possible vaccine and everything like that but these are things you I really need y'all to go out and support, not because I'm on it, but because the message of what these festivals mean and these platforms mean and, and they're trying to do for the culture. Um, I can't stress enough how important that is for everything. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, that's where I've been the last week. I was going to drop something in the middle, just kind of throw something out there for you guys. But I was like, you know what? Let's just wait. We'll give it to him on the full episode. Uh, I, it's not it's not a bad thing to be missed. Right. And as many of you reached out to me like, hey, where's the episode? I really, truly appreciate it. Um, 
But that's enough prefacing. You know, I got to set the tone before we start into the episode. We are going to jump into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind during the end of mine haze segment. After that, it's going to be me and my brother JB. But, you know, first we got to get into our intro music. Let's get on to that. I'll see you guys on the other side. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, so we're in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. Um, in this week's episode, this was really brought about by uh, Mary Almonte, one of my co-hosts on the Breaks Radio. Make sure you guys are going and checking out that podcast. Um, but we were talking about something that I honestly don't remember if it was because we usually talk a lot before we start recording and talk some after we stop recording. And I don't remember if it was said in the episode or it was part of those little side conversations. But something was brought up there in which uh, Mary and Marquis new co-host of the Berks radio uh with with uh bayless so now we're back to having four uh people on that podcast but uh they brought up a post and i think it was from a friend of theirs and they talked about how being labeled as the angry black person can be more detrimental than being called a nigga and so you know once that was said my wheels got to turning on it and i was like wow and you know i've messaged mary afterwards um to kind of get the details of everything that was said on the thing that they saw i think it was another friend of theirs and so that you know, this in the mind of Hayes segment is truly that it's in my mind. I know a lot of times I talk about, especially lately, politics, talk about things going on in, in pop culture or whatever. And that's not really what it's built for. So it's not just built for those type of things for news and whatever. It's really built on something that is on my mind. But maybe I haven't quite gotten it to a point to where to flesh it out for a full episode. And maybe we will do that, you know, depending on the response here and what you guys think about it. Maybe this would be a great thing for a panel discussion um, because. <sighs> Being labeled the angry black person, right? When you hear that, me say, is is that more detrimental or hurtful than being called a nigga? And the reason why I say that is because people call, if, if someone were in an interaction, I, I've luckily, at least not to my face, have ever been called a nigger uh, by uh, anyone from outside the race. I just haven't. That's not an experience that I've had. Thankfully, I know a lot of people have. Uh, again, I grew up in Europe primarily for a large portion, but all of my adult life has been here in the States. Haven't ran into it, but I have been labeled as the angry black person before, especially younger. And I've told this story before, especially younger in my working career, when I still had that chip on my shoulder. And even in high school, uh, when I was still angry and working through things from my parents' divorce, and I was just that ball of emotion and anger. Um, but going into a professional setting, is being labeled an angry black person more hurtful? And the reason why I say that is because think about it. Being labeled as the angry black person is kind of like this badge. It's one that carries with you and, and through you. And uh, if people aren't saying it to you, they're saying it around you. And if if on the job you're, you're labeled as that angry black person, how does that hurt your career tra trajectory? How does that hurt uh, the way that your peers see you and ultimately your bosses see you as well? And then you know, are you chosen to not only 
be promoted or you chosen to um, to be a part of some other groups or other special activities or projects. And when you think about that, it kind of is more hurtful in the long term than being called a nigga. Um, because very rarely in a professional setting are you going to be labeled, are you going to be called that? But to be labeled as the angry black person on your job, in your workplace, even outside of that, think about how that then affects the way that you are viewed by uh, your workplace. And so it's something that it's like, once that thought got in my head, it's like, it, it's, it's crazy because it, not only can it be hurtful professionally, right? But then it, it alienates you possibly from people or people from you. And then that's, that can be, be an even bigger issue. Once you are looked at like this ball of radiation and, and people no longer see you for your potential for greatness or the greatness that you do have, it's, oh, well, we have to watch out for him. We have to make sure that we kind of, kind of we, we don't want to trigger him um and think about how many of your dreams can be dashed how many of your um of of like i said that potential cannot be realized not because of your own merits but because the people think that you are that angry black person and it's also like and then also let's 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 talk about it from the other aspect not just from people viewing you as as the angry black person but the fear of being labeled as the angry black person that creates an artificial glass ceiling because you we, we now are no longer allowed to feel. We're no longer allowed to process our emotions or it takes away the right to be angry. Like people have the right to be upset about things. How many times I know for me, I've been, I, I said this on this podcast a lot. I've been in management really since I've been 19, right? That was the first time I got a managerial job. I've pretty much been in management since that point. And so when you think about how hurtful that that could be to like, that, like what I what I where I was going with this is that I've seen people in upper management get angry. Maybe not at coworkers, maybe not at people who work underneath them. It may have been with a business partner, it may have been in with how things are projecting, but they get to display that anger, even in professional settings, in uh managerial meetings, they display that. But being labeled as that angry black person, if you're if you're in certain settings, can can be extremely hurtful we don't have that same rate the same range to show our emotions and that's on the men and women's side yes men to be labeled an angry black men so when you hear that it automatically puts you in the mindset of you're making people f fearful of being around you that you may snap that you may you know black men are feared for their physicality but also let's talk about women and how women being labeled as that angry black woman can be hurtful to them because being labeled as an angry black woman i can only imagine what does that do what 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 does that do to our women? Our women are already kind of depicted for their attitudes, right? That's one of the big things. Black women have attitudes. They have tudes, as they say. Um, and then to be labeled as an angry black person and be a woman on top of that, how hurtful can that be in a professional setting? How hurtful can that be to when you want to be in a meeting and, and be taken at seriously? And it, 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 it's, it's really sucks when you think about it because Anger is a natural emotion that everyone feels like, yes, there is a great there are positive and negative ways to display and process the, the feeling of being angry. But it's it's a unique experience in the sense that to be labeled an angry black person specifically almost means that you have to present yourself as this whole hum always in a good mood. You know, I say I say that now I've gotten I've gotten to the point where I'm always almost in the same mood. But seriously. To be labeled that angry black person in a professional setting, it's it, it's extremely hurtful. And when you think about it, and this is one of the things that I want to that I want to present with that. Let's go to Kamala Harris, right? Kamala Harris, someone who's being talked about a lot 
especially among colored women, uh, our vice president elect. Um, but let's go back to that debate with Mike Pence, for example. Let's say, and as much as that we thought we were going to see Kamala come out, maybe come for the juggler, I think I had said it, but she was very controlled. And let's say she did display, you know, was a little bit more aggressive and then was, was able to be labeled that angry black woman. This is someone who's at one of the highest seats that you can gain in this country, period. But to be labeled an angry black woman in that moment, and even though she did have her snapback, she did have her, I'm talking, and, and she had to be very controlled. And just, you should be in that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be, but I'm just saying, imagine how different, how different, I should say, let me correct myself, it would have been presented if Kamala Harris acted the way that Trump did in that first presidential debate with him, him clapping back with his, him saying ignorant shit and talking about Biden's uh, dead son. Imagine if Kamala Harris as a black woman would have acted like that and how differently it would have been portrayed in the media. And I'm not there. There were media who called Trump out for their actions and Biden. And I'm not saying that, that, that it didn't go unnoticed, but I'm just saying, imagine Kamala Harris being labeled an angry black woman for acting that same way and how hurtful that could have been. Would it have changed the presidential election in the way it went? Probably not. But I'm just saying, imagine the next time she's in the public eye or in a position to speak and she gets a little bit of a toot or a little bit firm and they, they go back and replay the angry black woman thing. This is it's it's that now that's a much larger scale. But now imagine that's someone who's ascended to the vice presidency of America of the United States. So now let's go back and say, if to make that smaller, if you are in a professional setting, that can be even more hurtful. And I'm not trying to use this topic or this conversation to take away from the power and the negativity that, that being called a nigger has. I'm not saying that at all. Hard ER, by the way, I'm making sure that I'm saying that as, as uncomfortable. And this may be uncomfortable for people to hear and to hear that, but that, that, that it, it's purposeful. In this. And so I want to ask you guys this. I want to leave it to you guys. Do you think and feel that being labeled as an angry black person can be more hurtful long term than being called a nigga? Let me know what you guys think. Maybe this would be one of those ideas. Like I said, we bring a discussion panel on to flesh out the idea a little bit more. But it's just something that's been on my head since I've heard it or on my mind since I've heard it. And I wanted to bring it here to talk about. So that's it. That's where we uh, stand with this. We are going to go ahead. We're going to get into a break. Um, on the other side of that, we are going to. Uh, get into the fat phobia discussion with my brother, JB, the prodigal one. I'll catch you guys on the other side of this. Peace. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give it to me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. In <laughs> bed. I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's Jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? 
we have our a special guest in here he's not really a special guest he's a fucking asshole he's he's my co-host on my brother's keeper he's my brother jb what's going on bro what's going on fellow asshole what's going on everybody yes it is i the prodigal one jb glad to be here <laughs> man so we i i asked you to join this um this conversation and for a few reasons right because it, we 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 rarely talk about the men's side of fat phobia, body dysmorphia, fat shaming. It's really focused on the women, and I understand why. Um, but at the same time, there is a whole aspect of this that does affect men, and not everyone is open to have this conversation. So it's like, what better person than to have it with my brother JB? Absolutely, and you know. Obviously, it's when you're talking about things like appearances and and body shaming, it's more associated with women, which is really sad to say, but it's the truth. But it's good sometimes. And that's the great thing with these platforms that, you know, you, we can do something like this, because honestly, I would never sit down with one of my boys or or even, you know, my, my actual brother or even you, someone I'm very close with and be like, oh, you know what? Like, damn, man, I, I you know, I gained 20 pounds and blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't. That's not something guys discuss, really. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's a problem. And that's why we we suffer in silence in a way. And it, it, it's self-opposed. Let's, let's make sure that I'm saying... Stop. It's, it's self-imposed because it's like we, we feel like we can't open up. Like, we'll call and talk to each other about damn near anything. But it's like if we're suffering from something that's mentally causing the stress or it's like i don't want to what i'm going to do is say hey look my fucking love handles are getting on my nerves like we we, right. we don't have that conversation and that's something that women are more apt to talk to each other about they're they a women get naked in front of each other so they'll openly have conversations about their body you know not all but i know they're more more likely to do it than us but it's good that hopefully we can break some barriers down and just know that it's okay to have these thoughts, it's okay to talk about them, and ultimately, it's okay to just admit that you're not happy with where you are and that you're dealing with being fat shamed because nobody should be. Nobody should be made to feel a way about the way that they look. Um, all you can do is try to do as much as you can about it, and you know some of those issues aren't ones that are self that are completely um, self opposed on yourself. So go ahead. What do you, what do you think about like overall the idea of like? men dealing with fat shaming like what do you for people who are like jumping into this conversation what do you think about it yeah i think it's something that definitely has to take a forefront um men for the longest time since probably the beginning of time have always been ones um to not be able to express feelings and this goes for myself as well and i think it goes to a lot of men and you know just to kind of piggyback off of things you said in previous episodes of the awakened soul like you know you talked about depression a lot that's something that a lot of men won't necessarily discuss for whatever reason. And so uh, I wouldn't say uh, depression and, and, uh, and fat shaming are, are, are the same exact thing, but they're both equally important, I would say. Yeah. But a lot of these things, men just have a hard time coming on emotions. One of the reason, two, the two main reasons I agreed to do this, number one is you're my brother. I can talk to you about anything. I have no problem. But more importantly than that, I want to talk about this because I know there's at least one of your listeners that might be in the same boat that I am or was in or something like that. And I want them to know that it is okay to speak about it. It is okay to go to one of your boys. It is okay. You're not the only one in this boat. Men go through this as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And that's often forgot about it and seen. So one of the things, just to kind of set the tone, I, I, I found a statement that I want to you know, discuss first and say, and we can talk about it and see where the conversation goes from there. But it's 
to be a fat man in America is to be seen as essentially unserious. What do you think about that, JB? So I think that statement is 100% false, but that that statement being said is 100% true. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is I, just because someone is overweight, there could be so many underlying issues. They could have an eating disorder. They can have thyroid issues, mm-hmm. um, a ton of different things. That statement, though, is unfortunately said by a ton of people. It's been said to me all the time, like, oh, how could you let yourself go? You know, when I was younger, I was pretty athletic. I was I was obviously not as heavy set as I am now. And, uh, you know, I see people who haven't seen in a while, like, oh, my God, what happened to you? Blah, 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 et cetera. So it is a statement that gets thrown around pretty easily, but mm-hmm. um, it shouldn't be. And a lot of statements shouldn't be thrown around. For me, I have thicker skin than most. It takes a lot to really irk me. But I know there are others out there that may not necessarily be in that same category. So I hate when people do stuff like that because you never know what you're saying might actually hurt somebody and how they may it may negatively impact them as well. That's a fact. Um, we often don't know, like, the results of our words. And, you know, you said it there. People have thyroid issues. People have eating disorders. And I think for many people, they see somebody who's heavier set. They see somebody who's fat, overweight, whatever you want to call it. And the thought is, well, why don't they work out? Why don't they take their health more seriously? There are some people who legit can't stop gaining weight, not because they're they're eating an overabundance, but because, like you said, a thyroid issue. Or they have this mental thing where they have eating disorders. Like, there's so much more that goes into it. And... As a society, it's like we, we we try to so identify somebody by their body size initially. It's like, and I get it, you know, first impressions and you, you first see someone and these thoughts go through your head or whatever, but we never stop and think, well, what is that person going through to where they got to this point? Yeah, I mean, no one ever thinks about what led to this. They always think about the immediate, like, oh, what are you not doing? What are you not doing? So, again, it's, it's a really unfortunate thing, but, you know, it, it's something that happens and um, I think it's going to happen forever. I don't think that's ever going to change. It's just something that, that you kind of have to live with. Definitely. Definitely. What's something that you, that you saw, um, or that you've experienced as far as like being e- either judged for your weight without people getting to know you, um, going through being fat shamed, going through just any, anything that you have with like your, your going through your journey. Go ahead with that. So there's two um, kind of big things I really want to talk about here. Um, the first one I r- really has nothing to do with fat shaming. Um, maybe it does. Maybe it's me fat shaming myself, mm. um, if, if I put it that way. And uh, it was me, my uh, wife, and I don't even know if we were married at the time. We were just engaged. I, I really don't remember. She'll kill me for that. But um, And it was her cousin and her cousin's boyfriend at the time. We went to Bush Gardens in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I'm a huge, for anyone who knows me, I'm a huge, like, adrenaline junkie, or I used to be. I love roller coasters and all, you know, crazy shit. Just get my adrenaline pumping. However, due to my size now, I can't really ride roller coasters as much as I used to because, well, mainly because I can't fit. But I don't even know sometimes if I can fit or not. And it, the reason why I don't know, it has to do with the story. We basically went to Bush Gardens. I wanted my first roller coaster. It was such a tight fit. I remember we went through, we finished the ride, and uh, after we were done, the ride got stuck. We were already completed, but something went wrong or there was some kind of malfunction. And I remember I was so uncomfortable, and I started, like, almost hyperventilating because I was like, I'm stuck. But I really had, like, no room. It was such a tight fit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I ignored that. 
got off everything. We went on the second ride. Now, when we go on the second roller coaster, I tried to sit, and this time the buckle wouldn't come down. It's one of those overhead, uh, you know, gimmicks where you have to kind of seatbelt, and it just wasn't closing. Now, I also did have like a hoodie on at the time, and I had jeans on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it just wouldn't close, and the guy kept on trying and trying and trying. It just would not close to the point where they're like, "Sir, I, I'm sorry, it's not closing." And then I myself, obviously, I got up, and I, I never probably felt so embarrassed in my life. I got up, and I did that walk of shame where I had to be like, okay, you know, it's okay. Do the ride. I, I'm obviously too big for the ride. And for the rest of the day and for the rest of my life since, I have not even attempted to, to go out on one roller coaster. Even though when me and my wife go to, like, the, we've been to theme parks. We've been to Disney a lot of times since. I will spend hours upon hours the day before researching going on like fat sites of like hey i visited uh, epcot i visited such and such these are the rides that are you'll easily be able to fit in these are the rides that'll be kind of a tight fit mm -hmm. and even the ones that they say they're easy i always remember that bush garden story so i will not even make an attempt that's that that's something like i, I want to make it clear you know i i often talk about me being heavier right the biggest i've i ever was i think was 295 maybe it was 298 I think it may have been 298 298 295 somewhere between there um but even then like my experience is very limited compared to others and that's a story bro i can honestly tell you like that shit would have traumatized me so the fact like don't don't feel ashamed or whatever and i, I thank you for sharing that story because like bro like it i could i could never imagine what that what that did especially like you said you called it the walk of shame and those people may have not all been looking at you, but I'm damn sure I can guarantee it felt like they were all looking at you at that moment. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. And especially like to have this take something I truly loved, yeah. like roller coaster is my thing, man. I'm like, I'm that guy that like, I'll ride a roller coaster five times in a row just cause <laughs> you know, I, I like it, you know, yeah. I, I was that guy and I felt like it kind of took it away from me. And yeah, it's a walk of shame, even though, maybe just a couple people were noticed because I was all always also in the back. Mm -hmm. So not that many people even realized because I was, you know, closer to the back. But at that moment, it felt like all eyes were on me. And, you know, obviously my wife and, and, you know, her cousin and everything was supportive. They're like, Oh, let's get on the next one. It could have just been how you sat. But at that point I was done. I, I just had zero interest to, to even attempt to do that again because I, I just didn't want to have that feeling. And I've always had, tremendous confidence regardless of the fact that mm -hmm. you know i'm a big guy and you know you talk about your weight at my highest i was at 375 and i dropped to 325 i was doing some different things eating right and i dropped to 325 but since covid and everything i got back up i'm probably like around 350 but after this whole holiday thanksgiving christmas mm -hmm. i'm gonna get back on my grind again definitely definitely um how how have you noticed and first let's say because I don't want to get in trouble. We all know I want no smoke with Seema. None. None. Shout out to my beautiful sister-in-law. Um, <laughs> but how did your weight affect your dating life? Like, I, what, what did you notice before, pre-JB gaining weight to the point now, well, before you got married? Because you're not dating now except my sister Seema. Again, right. I want no smoke. <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. That just saved me a couple minutes of, of, of argument. Exactly. Right, uh, <laughs> no smoke with Seema at all. She listen. I'll be out there in January, and the last thing I want to do is wake up and see me being like, "Yeah, I need you to explain this shit to me." We don't need those problems. Um, but no. All jokes aside, how did you? How have you found that it did affect 
uh, your confidence um, in dating, uh, you know, like I said, how it changed before and after. Go ahead. So most of my dating, uh, I was between like, I would say 135, 140 and 160. In between that, I was never like heavy set until like in my mid 20s and stuff. So, um, you know, so I, you know, just not normal, normal dating, just dating girls and things were fine. And, um, you know, inside our, like I'm Guyanese and we have like a circle. So, um, we're like kind of, everybody knows everybody sort of thing in, 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 uh, in South Florida where I used to live. So, uh, you know, I was, you know, sort of in that in circle, everybody is really, if you're Guyanese, so everybody knows everybody and everything was sort of fine. Um, as I, I gained weight, I still didn't have any issues finding girlfriends or anything like that. Um, I, I still got girlfriends. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there was girls that turned me down probably because of my weight. Like we would talk and it would never really go anywhere or they just didn't give me the time of the day. But I was the one, one I, I was always one of those guys that was like, I, if you turn me down, I really don't give a damn on to the next, you know, <laughs> I, my, my, my confidence level was like on a one to 10, my confidence level was like a 200 back then. I was a very cocky individual. Mm. So even when I got, got, I got up in weight, it didn't matter. I'm like, Hey, if you don't want me, that's, that's your loss. Like you fucked up. Um, so I never had problems like with, with girls or anything, but I will say, um, I always, once I started getting weight, I still had that, even though not one girl ever mentioned anything about my weight, I still had that in the back of my head. So, um, when I was intimate with girls, for example, I never, ever took off my shirt. My wife is one of maybe only two people that ever saw me without a shirt on. Um, after I gained the weight, mm-hmm. I, even going to the beach, I would never take off my shirt. I, I would always wear like a, a tank top, a shirt, never take off my shirt completely. Um, only because, cause I had in the back of my head, like, you know, I'm a big guy and blah, blah, blah. I kind of felt a type of way. So yeah, I mean, never really had any issues. Now just fast forwarding here. Um, I actually met my wife when I was skinny, we met each other. We didn't date, but the first time we met each other, I like, and, and started talking everything as friends. I was, I wasn't as big as I am now. And later after we reconnected and started like taking it serious, like this is years later, maybe, you know, four five, six, I don't even know how many years later I was like t- probably close to double my size, but she never once ever said like, Oh, what, what happened? You got fatter. And she always remembered me for who I was. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of continued down that way. And, um, you, you know, earlier you're talking about like shaming and stuff like that. I never been body shamed per se. I told the story of Bush Garns. The other thing that really hit very close to home was there was a girl I used to date and we didn't date for a long time, maybe, I don't know, six months, if that four, six months, something like that. But we did, we definitely did date. And I remember a mutual friend of ours, um, somehow he caught into the conversation of like who she used to date within the circle and stuff. And, um, he was like, Oh yeah, you used to date, you used to date like Java or whatever. And I was like, and, and the girl was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, you used to date Javin. And she was like, no, I didn't. Wasn't she dead? Well, no, she dated my ass. But I think the reason why she denied it and continuously denied it when she, he was like, well, hold up. He said, y'all dated for a couple months, blah, 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 blah. She denied it. I'm pretty sure because she probably didn't want to be um, affiliated. Like, oh man, I dated that that guy, that fat guy. Like, no, 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 no. Because obviously, when we dated, I wasn't as big as I was. Obviously, so um, I remember when when he told me that, I kind of felt like really crushed. Like, cr- crushed my whole world. Actually, like, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want. I ain't trying to date you. But the fact that you're going to the extent of saying we never even dated, that's how ashamed you are to even be associated with me, which is just nuts. Yeah. And I ended up talking to her after the fact, like, 
I don't know how long after the fact, I'm like, why did you lie? And she's like, oh, I never told him that, but she she did, because the dude who told me wouldn't lie. It's someone I know really well. Okay, so we have to, we have to, because I know people are going to want to listen. I mean, women are going to be asking this. We're men, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're men on here. Uh, the Waking Soul is a place of honesty. It's a place of not, not being judged. Have you ever fat shamed a woman or done what was what what that woman did to you as far as denying being before you gained the weight or whatever of a, of a more heavy set woman i've never to anyone's face fat shamed them mm-hmm. but 100 percent, i've not talked to girls or given them a chance because of their weight and this is before the weight gain during the weight gain and after the weight gain um even as a fat guy yeah i was like hell no nah, i ain't dating her it could have been the nicest person in the world could have been someone beautiful because people don't get it twisted fat people can be beautiful as well That's a fact. you know fat people can be handsome as well so they could be beautiful but just because i cared about everybody else's perception which is so disgusting for me to say because um those people throughout my life that didn't give that if they would have felt that way towards me they wouldn't have got to see how, what type of person I am and how nice I am and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I did it to a lot of females. And, you know, that's one of the regrets that I have, even if not dating, but I would just even get a chance to know somebody, even as a, on a friendship level, I just would, you know, shoot it down. Obviously when I got older, none of that stuff mattered, but I'm talking about like, you know, kind of that sweet spot when you're start, like sort of in your peak 25 to 30, mm-hmm. 25 to 32, I was having literally none of that. And even maybe the one or two girls that I did hook up with that were heavier set. And I'm not talking about like bloated. I'm talking about like 180 like that, 190, maybe 200. And that I did hook up with them. We never did anything in public, never went on a date, never went to the movies, a restaurant. It was always behind closed doors. Never told anybody I was talking to them. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll just tell a quick story. Um, I'm West Indian, and for those who are West Indian, you know there's always, like, carnivals every year. There's, like, in Orlando and Canada, et cetera. I remember going to Orlando Carnival one year, and I was there with my a couple of cousins, my brother and my uncle. And um, there was a girl I was talking to at the time. She was heavier set. And um, we never, again, nothing public, nothing outdoors, just all behind closed doors. And I remember she saw me, and she came up to me. And I acted like I didn't know her because my family and friend, my friend, family and friends were there. I act like I didn't know her. And she's like, hey, she's like, oh, can we talk? So I walked away. I'm like, hey, what's up? She's like, oh, you know, I didn't know you were coming. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just hanging out with my cousins. And uh, she's like, oh, you want to you want to go dance or you want to go hang out, go get a drink, whatever. I was like, I'll hit you up. I'll, I'll look for you later. I went back and told my cousins, they're like, Who, who's that? I was like, I have no idea. Like, she thought I was somebody else. And she came back later. And when she came back later, I wouldn't even look at her. She was literally with us, standing with us, maybe six, seven of us. I did not even look in her direction or say a word. And I think she got the picture. And she just walked away. Until this day, I've never spoken to her again. She never called me. She, I texted her. And nothing. Jesus, yeah. bro. Um, I mean, but that's honesty, right? I think that shows the growth. And, you know, for anyone who's listening to the story and trying to judge, don't I mean, or if you're starting to, I can tell you right now, JB's one you of the nicest. You can judge people. because I, I mean, was an everybody asshole. Everybody made yeah. mistakes, and I've and right. you know th- this this platform I created the Awakened Soul to be honest about stuff like that. There are things that I've done that I have had to be honest about that I've I've grown from, and that's part of the reason why I don't like cancel culture. For say, because if you were to have tweeted that, right? If you were to have tweeted something about fat people ten years ago. 
and then you're on this podcast talking about fat shaming, talking about anything positive with it, they would have tried to cancel you, right? But the people grow. People grow. They change. They go through something, something, and they realize the error in their ways. Um, because I, you know, there were there definitely were, especially in high school, there there were bigger women that I probably messed with in high school that I would have never let get out to the light of day. And now I look back at that, like I'm one of the people I say now all the time, you know, be comfortable in what you do. If you have to hide what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? So the fact that you shared that story isn't something that people need to judge you by or, or, you know, judge your actions for that time in place, but it shows the growth that people can go through, right? Because your whole mindset has changed now on that. Yeah, and one of the reasons I really tell that story and have no shame in—not that I don't have no shame—but I wanted to be in the forefront is because if you are one of these people who are like me, don't do it. Just, just don't do it. Like, remember the other person. You don't close doors. You never know what's out there. Again, I'm not saying you have to be romantically involved with every person you meet, but you—that person that you're shutting out—that may be your. new best friend that may be someone that helps you out when you're in a bind that person later on down the road could be someone that saves your life you just never know you know why close opportunities to meet someone just because of how they look or or just because of insecurities you have and at the end of the day it it was 100 insecurities i have i'm like i'm i'm fat already how am i gonna date another girl that's fat how is that gonna look you know what i mean so that that it was just insecurities and um you know i i think it was uh America's Got Talent. There was this guy on America's Got Talent, and um, I think he ended up winning the show. I really forget the kid's name, but um, he had a stutter, and he was a comedian. I don't know if you ever heard of the guy. I forgot the guy's name is. I'm pretty sure he won the season, and he had a stutter. And he talked about he, you know, um, he used to he was like a younger guy that played baseball, and he got hit in the throat by a baseball. And he's telling his story during the video package, and he's like, "It really makes me sad because." The guy I was back then would have never hung out with the guy who I am now. And when I said, when he said that, I can't, even now I'm getting goosebumps because that was kind of like me. Like the JB back then would never hang out with a girl of me now. Guys is different. I don't give a shit about guys, but girls never in a million years would I have done it in public, which is a, such an asshole thing to say, but I'm being 100% transparent. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, and it, it's true. I don't think if a lot of people are, if most people were honest about their old actions or whatever, they would be saying that same thing because we've all done and said shit that, you know, if we if we were on the other side of it, it would be like, fuck that person, you know, for real. And, and once you come to that realization, you can actually start growing and you start seeing your actions change. So uh, that was a great story right there, JB. And I think um, one thing that I do want to point out here, and this is just a statistic, this may surprise you, it surprised me. Um, that 40% of men have experienced some form of body shaming, whether it's fat shaming or being too small. What do you think about that statistic? Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. um, 40%. um, Yeah, that sounds about right. What they're, what they're not taking into account. And I bet you the number will be a lot smaller. Well, no, no, that's not true. I was going to say, I wonder who's doing the, the body shaming. Is it man on man or woman on man? But I'm pretty sure it's, both i mean unfortunately that's just sort of the nature of the beast we call life i mean there are going to be people that that body shame and and fat shame and unfortunately it's it's just something you have to sort of live with i personally to my face have never been body shamed or fat shamed i feel like no one's ever been like oh you you know you're you're a fat pig or you know no no one's ever done that or oh look at you you're fat to my face i'm sure it's happened a lot behind my back i'm not stupid but to my face no one's ever done that 
That makes sense. That makes sense. When when you think of um, how do I want to how do I want to word this? The the way <clears throat> so the in, in doing my research for this, it says that what kind of women the way that they experience. Um, and again, I, I can only say what in what I've read. I'm not a woman, so women may hear this and completely disagree. I'm going off research. This was actually done by somebody named Dr. Hemmenstein, which I know that sounds like a fictitious uh, Um So look that up if you guys disagree with me, because this is where I'm pulling a lot of my research from. Is that women? So go after that dude and leave exactly. alone. Yeah, don't come after me because I'm just I'm just going off the research uh, that women experience body shaming in kind of a straight line. That's what they compare it to is that as women's weight goes down, the body shaming comes down to a point. And then if they get too skinny, it becomes body shaming again. So it's still more of a straight line. Whereas men, it's not as straight as that because men can be body shamed for, and this is something that was weird, is being too muscular, which means you don't suffer for. So we can't talk from that at all. Uh, we, we, we're not. The biggest I've ever been was 295. Um, but but th- that men, they described it as a you because you can be you can be body shamed for being too skinny, being too muscular, being fat, um, not being proportioned correctly. Like it's so it's a it's a a a, a wider span. And that men actually, the reason why people don't notice it as much is because men typically don't talk about what they're feeling or struggling with, even amongst ourselves. And that's something when we first started talking that you said that, you know, you don't have that. You've never really even had that conversation with other men. So do you think that? Well, how do you, what do you think that, that reflects the fact that men don't even feel comfortable talking to other men about trying to get their body together? Whereas, you know, women, they'll go work out, they'll go jog, they'll do these things together. It seems like, at least in the things that I've seen, men who are already in shape will go to the gym together, but people who are feeling some type of body shame or fat phobia or whatever towards being too large, we kind of just all, we may share like, hey, I tried this diet, I lost five pounds, but it's not like this this real conversation about the struggles mentally that we're going through. What do you think about that? So like, I actually, like most of my close friends are, none of them are, are like, overweight or obese or anything like that I, like in the group i'm always the, i'm always the big guy in the group or whatever um what i can say though about like kind of what you're saying is i think if you don't have people who are around you that are trying to talk about it and and, and um even up to a certain extent then you're hanging around the wrong type of people mm-hmm. because you know right now i'm sort of where i live I, i'm not next to where all my close friends were. I moved away from there a year ago, not for any reasons, just for un- un- reasons unrelated to, to my weight or anything, just yeah. other things, just cause this is where I decided to buy a house. However, when I was living amongst where like, you know, sort of like my inner circle, my rider dies, I have like five or six friends where I can give them a call and they'll be able to do whenever, you know, whatever, whenever at a drop of a hat, those guys all the time, they were like, Hey, why don't you come over? We'll work out. We'll go to the, I'll, I'll get a membership. We'll go. They were always saying that like, um, I used to smoke a lot, like cigarettes a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, January of 2017, I stopped. And they were all forever trying to get me to stop. I remember one year for my birthday, they all gave me like Vapor vapor Shark gift cards. I had like $300 worth of Vapor Shark gift cards because, you know, they all were. But these are like, again, my ride or die that were looking out for my health. Even you. I never knew what the hell keto was until I, I met you. You were like, hey, bro, there's this thing called keto. You, we didn't necessarily go talk in depth about my weight or anything like that, yeah. but you were still kind of looking out for me like, hey, there's this thing called keto. I'm doing it. You should really look into it. So 
guys, I, I feel like guys don't sit down and like kind of like girls and like, oh, 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 CJ, look at my ass, man. Like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, yeah, I mean, in, in general, men don't really talk enough about going through anything mental or any type of stress, much less weight. That just adds a whole different perspective on it. Um, And so like what at what point? And this is if you feel comfortable talking about it, bro. Because I, With I, you, bro, I feel comfortable talking about anything. Okay. So, at what point was it that you, if that you've gotten to the point where you were just like, look, something has to change about my weight? Because for me, yes. like I said, I, it for me, I, like the biggest I got was two ninety five, and you know I have kids, and it was one day right. I was running around with Alana, and I remember Alana was probably like, or maybe it was Amaya, it may have been Amaya, she was like one or two, and legit, bro. Five to six minutes of running around the park with her, I legit had to sit down and I was just like, what? And I'm a, I've been an athlete my whole life. So once that happened, it was like, I got to do something, man. I got to do something. But what? What? When, when did you have that moment for you? So, um, again, if my wife hears this, she's going to get pissed off. <laughs> but I um, I never – I knew my, my weight is a health issue, but I'm just being honest. And I never said this to anybody really except mm-hmm. my wife a while ago. I never thought – and maybe in some ways, even now, to be honest with you, and it'll be really freaking crazy if this happens, because then you could play this on. You can you can always replay this clip. <laughs> but I always felt like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live to see forty for some wow. reason, and I felt that for like a hot minute, all due to my weight. Not not because I'm gonna get hit by a car or some shit, because of my weight. I'm gonna have a heart attack and die. I'm gonna stroke out. So, so I was always like, you know what? I've already punched my ticket. It's going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then certain things happen that like, I feel like it's God saying like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to like, wake up, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes from my dad's side of the family. They have a history of literally everything. My dad is diabetic, high blood pressure. He had five bypasses three years ago and whatever. And he's, you know, doing better, but his whole side of the family has like everything. So first of all, it's running, it runs in my genes. That's number one. Number two, after my dad did the, the bypasses, um, I have a friend of mine in shape, probably weighs like 130 pounds, 140 pounds, super in shape, does not smoke, does not drink, does not eat meat. Had He did like a triple bypass. Young guy, like uh, maybe a little bit older than us, mm-hmm. did a triple bypass. My uncle, who is the same way, he's very active, athletic, uh, eats really well, also um, had to get a stent. And I'm like, I've seen all these things. And then one day I decided to go on the, we have a scale in the bathroom. I went on and I saw 375 and I was like, what the fuck? Like in my head, I'm like, I'm I'm figuring like 305, 310, maybe Mm -hmm. I saw 375. I'm like, shit, something has to be done. And, uh, you know, I got, I got on keto. My wife who was supportive as hell was doing meal prep for me and everything like that. I got all the way down to 325. This is last year, September. I got down to 325 and then like, I got caught up with the whole end of the year nonsense with. Thanksgiving, Christmas, blah, 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 blah. I kind of shot back up to like 335. And then I kind of got back down. But then like COVID happened. And now I got from 325 to 350. But I'm starting on that path again. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, COVID's thrown so much shit off its game. Like not just. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world's fucking up in arms. So I think we've all gained a little quarantine weight uh, to be 100% honest. Because I've probably gained about a good 15 pounds in quarantine myself. Uh. But um, something that uh, when when you when you when you said that you're trying to get on a different on a different path and you're gonna go back to doing your meal prep and stuff, do you find like was it was it difficult for you to find a diet that worked for you without you being super hungry, but that also 
like helped you lose weight? Because like for me, keto was perfect because I like I, I I could just eat fucking meat all the time. Like real talk, like chicken and and throwing in a couple of vegetables. So keto worked really really good for me. But I know people get overwhelmed with that. So like the dietary stuff was it was it hard for you to find something that that fits you without it driving you crazy during the day? So at first I like I wanted to try keto, but then I realized, and no one told me this, so I'm not a doctor or nutritionist, but mm-hmm. this is just for me. I don't recommend keto for anyone my size, like anyone obese. You're not obese, but like for someone that's obese, I don't recommend keto because in keto you have to eat a lot of fats. I can't afford to eat that way. Um, because I'm like, I'm like morbidly obese. I'm not even obese. I'm morbidly obese. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't eat that amount of fats and be like tons of cheese, tons of butter. I can't do that because I don't have that much to give at this point. I'm already at like my breaking point kind of. So what I did was, and how I ended up losing 50 pounds. And even though I gained some of that back now because of COVID was SECO, which is calorie in, carry out. Literally you can eat whatever you want, but just, um, have eat at a deficit. I'm not sure if you ever heard of that. So you find out what your maintain maintenance weight is. Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever your the amount of calories to maintain your weight. I'm just giving an example. Let's say it's 2,500 calories will maintain your weight. If you eat under that, which is let's say 2,000 calories, that's 500 calorie deficit per day. Mm-hmm. At the end of the week, seven days times 500 calories, that's 3,500 calories. At the end of the week, you would lose one pound. Because 3,500 calories equals one pound, basically. Okay. And once, I, you know, for those who don't know, you and I are numbers guys. We, we're, you know, we, that's who we are. So once I figured out that losing weight was more of a, like, could be a mathematical thing, mm-hmm. I was all in. Because I'm like, oh, this is something I can get behind. So I started ca- counting my calories, and I tried to keep my carbs at 20 grams or under, which some people might think that's super hard. It's really not because the first two weeks – once you've done done like starting eating clean, for me it's it's fine. I have really good willpower. That's how I stop. I stopped smoking cold turkey pretty much. So once it got past the first two weeks where you're like you're you're withdrawing really on carbs and on sugars and all that. Once you get past those first two weeks, it's a smooth sailing. The hardest thing about losing weight is meal prepping. But I've been blessed by an angel in my wife where she does all the she all the hard work. She does the meal prepping. And the planning of the lunches and plannings of the dinner, making sure it's under the calorie count, that's 100% all on her. Mm. And she does it for me. So not everybody's that lucky, though, to have someone do that. Hell yeah. You're lucky as shit, bro. Because, like, a lot of people don't do that shit for themselves, much less for somebody else. That's that's awesome, bro. That's awesome that you have that support, though, there as well, which is the biggest thing. Um, that's what's up, bro. It's good. Yeah. I'm yeah, jealous. man. People pay six, dollars $700 a month for meal prep services when, you know. I have my wife doing it, for, you know, doing it for me, but she also understands like it's a health concern at this point. And it's not like, oh, I need to drop 20 pounds. It's a, it's a health situation. And, you know, she's always telling me like, oh, you know, we're going to have kids. Like, don't you want to um, going back to your story? Like, well, I'll, you know, I want to be able to play with my kids and run around mm-hmm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah you got you want to be around for the kiddos. I can't wait for you and Seema to fucking have kids, bro, because I'm going to mm. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, go tell, <laughs> go, go tell Seema you want a prostitute for your birthday. Oh, yeah. That'll, 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 I'm sure that'll go over real. <laughs> no, I don't want no smoke with Seema. I listen, bro. Me and Seema have never had like a one on one conversation at all. But she just has that look on her face that she just will kill both of us. I don't want no problems yeah. with Seema. None. Yeah, she now nah, she likes you. She she won't trust your your fucking movie advice. <laughs> worth a damn. 
but 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 she likes you. <laughs> oh man, January can't wait to be there in January. All right, the last topic that I wanted that I wanted to talk about, and, and with this one, and we'll see where this goes, is that fashion for plus size men. And the, the reason I want to talk about this is because I I know when I was was heavy set um, that it was hard. Like for me, it was graphic tees, jeans, and basically polos were the only things that I could really find in in the plus size uh section for me consistently um now in doing my research again i actually found that most brands have plus size lines where you can find very fashionable shit but they don't market it and it's you basically have to order it online so i wanted to talk to you about this like is the idea of a of a plus size man staying fashionable and having you know fly shit basically do you feel like that's made more difficult because of because of it not being marketed and, and focused on on the plus size uh, male community? Yeah, I, I know for females it is, it, you know, it is. But for men, it's out there. It's just not marketing. And, um, you know, it, like, my, you know, my it's it's you go in my closet. All you'll find literally is what you just said, polos and graphic tees and and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't that wasn't growing up. I, I wore that type of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also like to dress really nice. I was that guy that, you know, I don't mind wearing like some dress pants and a dress shirt. I had tons. I, I still have tons of dress shirt. They can't fit me now, but I have tons of dress shirt. Every call you can think about. Cause I like dressing nice sometimes, especially like at work. I've always been in like management position. So, you know, you want to dress nice. Mm-hmm. And for a, a long time, I was like, cause you go to like any store, it really cuts off after three X and you're lucky sometimes you get three X. Yeah. Whereas me, I, I wear 4X and 5X depending on the cut. So pants are usually not an issue, but shirts is an issue. And then when you finally do find that size, for example, I'm just using an example, men's warehouse, right? Mm-hmm. They have 4 and 5X, but it's literally white, burgundy, off-white. That's it. That's all they got. <laughs> um, and, and baby blue. Yeah. But I'm that guy where, like, I like trying, like, lilacs and salmon and, and, and orange. I like getting crazy in my colors sometimes, yeah. right? But they don't have that. But thankfully, I don't know how I came across this, but I was doing research one time. Even um, there's a, a very famous place called, um, at least down south, it's called like DXL or something. I don't know if they have them by your side over in Ohio, but um, it's for a bigger person. But even, I went there and they're like, yeah, we have like three X's, four X's. If you want to go above that, we, we have to order them. Well, everywhere says that. Yeah. So I, I started doing more and more research. And I remember seeing this place called Big Mike's. Shout out to Big Mike's in Fort Lauderdale. And I called a guy and the guy's like, I'm like, listen, I'm look, I, I think I was going to a wedding. And I needed like dress clothes. I'm like, I'm kind of big. And he's like, well, what's your size? I'm like 4X, 5X. The guy's like, you're kind of big. The guy's like, you're considered skinny in my store. I have like football players that come, like the Miami Dolphins come and shop. So in my head, I'm like, this guy's just trying to sell me. Yeah. I went there, bro. So happy because... The place is called Big Mike's. The guy probably weighs like 120 pounds. That's but, crazy. <laughs> yeah, but he has so much fashionable clothes. I'm talking about from like even like casual wear to formal wear. Mm-hmm. And every piece of formal wear I own, I've bought from that place. And I feel skinny when I go in there because like if you're if you're like 3X, it's hard. They start usually at 4X and above. That's correct. That's but see that and that's the thing. Like you 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 basically had to to do your research to find that and not everyone 
that doesn't come to their mind or they have the luxury or they may just not have it. If you live in a smaller town or whatever, you may not have right. a size that specializes a store that specializes in sizes like that. So it's, it's and again, this, this part of the conversation is about men and how they deal with fat phobia and stuff. And that's not to take away from women having to find their sizes and stuff too. But like there, there are a lot, at least I feel like I see places that do promote that they, and they may not be the most fashionable shit, but with men, like you said, it, it's, if you want to experiment, if you want to get more flashier, if you want to do it's it seems to be harder. Um, and, and then you also have this idea that it's like some people think that because you're your bigger size, you can't dress fly. Like if Notorious B.I.G. didn't teach you motherfuckers nothing, that you exactly. can still be biggest, big and fly as motherfucking hell. Look at Rick Ross, even though he's lost a lot of weight hey, now. But exactly. Yeah. I, I also wanted to really input because um, it just it was just right around the corner. I really do wish someone marketed more to bigger men because I'll give you another example, which was just right in the corner, Halloween. I have the same shit problem every year. I want to go nuts on Halloween, right, and dress up and everything. Mm -hmm. But the the amount of costumes for, for 5X is so limited. And I must have checked, like, this past Halloween, like, 10,000. Not 10,000. That's being ridiculous. But mm -hmm. at least 50 to 60 websites of trying to get my size in either – the the costumes that were kind of cool they had like they probably only had like two in stock and it was sold out or they just didn't carry that size and like you know um at work they were sort of doing like this grease theme so you know obviously the leather jacket and then you know that's even a, a something as simple as a leather jacket like the t-birds from greece mm -hmm. i had to check like 30 different websites before i finally found 5x and it was really expensive but i don't i'll pay the money but just have it available to me. And it's really weird that no one has come out and I'm like, listen, we're doing like a, for a lack of a better term, like a fat guy line. And, and I, cause I think it would blow the hell up. And I'm really, it's really weird that no one has done that or they have done it. And for some reason, I don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's listening, cause I don't know about it either. If anyone who's listening to this, you do know, let, let send us an email, let us know. I'll make sure I put it on the next. If, if you're someone who is uh, creating a line for, for, uh, plus size men let us know so we we can definitely promote that for anyone who's listening to this who may uh be looking out for that resource because it it like like you, and it and it, you you would think right because like you there's a lot of plus size male celebrities right that of mm -hmm. course because of because of where they are whether they have shit custom made or whatnot they can stay fashionable but it's like why don't you see them creating a line for for men like what wh like and it's I don't know, man. It's this whole stigma, and, and you know, I have a lot of a lot of men uh, in my family who are who are heavy set. Shout out to my uncle Randy, who is, I think he's been four hundred pounds for a while now, but he manages to find some some stuff. But he'll say like, legit, I had to find something that was like a three X or a four X, and then I had to go take it to the tailor to get it let out some the best way that I can to to kind of fit me better. And it's like it it, it should it should be easier. We should we should be because there are there there are men on all. Fashion should not have a size limitation. You feel me? Yeah. And, and and we're not a fashion podcast. Everything isn't about right. fashion, but at the same time, people want to dress, look, and feel good. That helps with some of that body shaming. That helps with body positivity if you like what you have on. And so, because of that, I did want to I did want to talk about that a lot. No, I agree with you 100%. And I don't know if it's more of a financial thing because obviously you're making, you know, 5X, 6X, 7X, whatever. It's more material you're using. So the cost gets, you know, kind of big. And then, like, do people really want to spend, you know, $100, $120 on a shirt? Or, you know, 
so maybe that's why it hasn't done. But I have to, I have, I have to assume that this does exist. It's just that for some crazy reason, I haven't, I haven't um seen it because I can't imagine in a world where literally every single thing you can possibly think about exists. There, there's not a clothing line for. I mean, for uh, Damon John, for Christ's sake, how the hell does he not have a line like that? Fashion is his thing. Yeah, and um, I'm not trying to sound. Um, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but, you know, I know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, uh, you know, African-Americans, they are, th- th- this is an issue with men. It's the same thing with, with Indian, like, Indian people. I'm not from India, but my ancestry is Indian, where we suffer from, like, high blood pressure, high, mm-hmm. like, a lot of heart disease, et cetera, because of the eating. So I'm surprised that no one has stepped up and be like, hey, we're ma- making a clothing line. Like you said, no matter what, if you dress good, you're going to feel good. It just happens that way. Yeah. Every time I put on like a nice looking shirt and I go out there and I get people are complimenting my shirt. Like, well, that's a nice shirt, blah, 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 blah. It makes you feel good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that that's a missed aspect on it. Like, cause if you're wearing something that doesn't either fit you kind of perfectly or you feel uncomfortable in, or you don't quite like the color, but you just got that color because that's what they had that was in your size. That that's that plays into your subconscious, and it always and you know I I don't know if you saw my tweet I, I know you kind of pop in and out of Twitter but like over the last three months I've basically revamped my whole whole wardrobe and I did that I'm, and again I'm 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 still two twenty um, I'm not like where I was back in two ninety five and I'm I never take away from from saying that I suffer from the same stuff uh, a heavier man does but like I was conscious or overly conscious over what. Like there was outfits that I wanted to try for years that it was like, ah, oh, that wouldn't look quite right on me. And then I, eventually I just said, fuck it. If I want to try it, I'm going to try it on. And then, but see, everyone doesn't have that flexibility because I, I'm in an XL now. So like, it's kind of easy to find that in an experiment. So everyone should have that ability to see what fits them. And like, it shouldn't be a size limitation on it. Yeah. Like, um, my brother actually, he was as big as 280 up until like a year, year and a half ago. And, you know, he's been on his grind. He's now down to 180, 185. So he's lost like a shit ton. He was out to, you know, about a hundred pounds in a little over a year. Um, so he, I mean, we were talking about the other day, like even at 280, he was having a hard time finding clothes mm-hmm. versus like, imagine someone like myself, 350 pounds. I must have like 40 baby blue shirts in my closet, <laughs> like for dress, dress shirts. Yeah. Cause they literally only have baby blue, white and burgundy. That's yeah. all you find. That's crazy, bro. So that's crazy. Um, and you know, of course, fitted suits are always a thing, but those can be expensive as shit. Like I like well go ahead. The last two time I bought suits, honestly, um, it, they were both like sort of uh part like a big portion of it was custom made because if you go and buy like a five X for someone like I'm at a real disadvantage because I'm I'm a fat guy, mm. but I'm not tall. So, like, if you buy, like, a 5X suit, the sleeve is, like, touching the floor because you assume someone that's 5X, they're tall because that's what, you know, but because I'm short, I'm, you know, 5'7 and a half, 5'8, that's really short, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm fat as well, so it's, I I get my shit custom, um, you know, kind of custom made, but now you're talking about, like, ridiculous prices for a suit. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, bro. All right, uh, moving out out of fashion, um... That, that's really kind of the last actual topic that I have, but something I wanted to ask you before we go, right, bro, is that if for anyone who's listening to this and they're completely like, this is opening their eyes to what men feel and deal with when it comes to, to body shaming and weight and everything else, leave them some parting words, whether they're a male dealing with it or somebody who's just now getting their eyes open to it. What What's some parting information you uh, you would give them? 
Um, the, my, the first thing is just cause you're a dude, don't feel like, um, you can't talk about anything. Trust me, whatever you're going through, I guarantee there are millions of people that have went through what you're going through or, or are currently going through it or did go through it and, and are recovering. Um, one thing that I, I used a lot that helped me. And I mean, even like CJ doesn't know about this stuff. Cause we, you know, we're going to talk about this stuff. Reddit, um, was a really big thing for me because there's a lot of, 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 um, uh, Reddit, you know, subreddits mm -hmm. for that help helping lose weight. Um, if that's something that you're, you're, you're wanting to do, which I strongly recommend to everybody, um, to not even for appearance, not even for any of that stuff, just strictly for your health. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, um, one of my major issues, which we don't really talk about is I'm a very emotional eater. So if I go to work and I have a bad day, like when I leave work, I want to go to like McDonald's and freaking get like a Big Mac or, or something like that. And um, I never really realized that until my wife pinpointed it one day and she was like, you're an emotional leader. I'm like, what the hell is that? And it is true. I am an emotional leader. So if you're if you're stressed out, you're having issues, don't look for food for comfort. Mm -hmm. It will comfort you. But in actuality, it's leaving long term effects and um, just don't feel like it's you know it's you're not masculine by speaking about this stuff because this is a very big thing. I've never gone through depression, but I know there are people that do go through depression because of their weight. And um, I'm here. Hayes has my information. Um, uh, at the end of the show, I'm sure I'll say my Twitter and all that. Reach out to me. I'm not a professional or anything, but I will be glad to speak to anybody and help them and just be a, a, a ear to listen to or uh, you know whatever it is, just to, to speak. Um, ain't no shame in that. And uh, yeah, man, that, that's pretty much it. Support is something we should all have, regardless of what the the genre, uh, the gender is, regardless of what the issue is. As a human race, we need to support our brothers and sisters. At the end of the day, that's you can say it any better, bro. And that's that's at the, at the end of the day. I hope that like people take that away from the series, my podcast as a whole. Like, we gotta we gotta talk about things, and like we gotta stop feeling like we're on islands with shit, and that nobody else will understand, or nobody else is going through shit. Because all that does is put us in a mental place of like now we we're making ourselves feel alone, and there's there's somebody out there who not only probably would be that ear for you to listen to doesn't know that you're going through it and would very gladly help you as much as they can. That's not to say that everyone's going to have the answers, but just like with Seema with you, her being willing to um, do all that for you to help, help you and in, in, to eat better. Hell, there may be, you, you may have a friend who may be your accountability buddy who's saying, well, look, I'll go on this diet with you. That way you don't feel like you're going on it alone. You just never know. And so when you don't speak on, on shit, you, you, you're definitely not going to get anywhere. You might as well. And if you have, if you don't have people around you who you feel comfortable talking to, that should tell you something about, about your circle then. And then like Reddit, for example, some places that JB, me and JB just highlight this. Me and JB <laughs> met on Reddit, which is funny True. enough. And now like JB is literally one of my, the closest people in my life, not just podcasts. And so like, that that goes to show like you have to be willing to to reach out and open up. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit, a lot of negativity and ignorance on the Internet. But there's a lot of good that can be done with done through it as well. Well said, my man. There you go. All right. Well, that's it, JB. Uh, good conversation, man. Thank you for opening up. Like I learned some shit about you. I didn't know. Um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, go ahead and message Seema and say, you know, JB was on the <laughs> podcast reminiscing about his old bitches. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that'll go real well. Good luck, good luck on your dinner when you come here in January. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, Hayes made me do it. <laughs> don't do that. Just put the That's all. COVID. Uh, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> 
But JV, go ahead and give me your social media, man, before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1-J-B. And I can also be reached on uh, on Facebook as well. And um, also, let me just take this time real quick just to thank you for, uh, you know, allowing me to be on the show. I know we do like a million podcasts together and we talk about the most craziest shit. And if you think, if you're doubting me, just listen to My Brother's Keeper. But uh, we talk about film on, on uh, Film Frequency. You've been a guest on my show, Cage 2. We talk about MMA and stuff. However... More than all that stuff, and I, I I bleed MMA, these are the things that I really enjoy doing, and that's why I really, and I've said it a million times, I love your show, because you can talk about one thing one day that has absolutely nothing to do with me, but you're my brother, so I'm going to listen anyway, and then you have something like this, where like your last episode, um, I, I forgot the young lady's name that was on your episode. Thank you. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Where and this thing, fat phobia, triggered me. Not uh, tr- not triggered me in the sense that I'm upset, but it hit home because that I'm. Although I've never had fat, you know, anyone fat shame me into my face. I am fat. I am a big, heavy set person. So this is like right up my alley, and and it, the topic is relevant to me. So um. You know, that's one thing One thing I really love about TS is just so many topics that may hit home to you. So if you're listening and, like, fat phobia is not your cup of tea, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. Trust me, there will be something just right around the corner that will relate to you. So stay locked on. There you go. There you have it. I appreciate that's great words from my brother, man. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully, man, I really, like I've always said, TAS is my my legacy in the sense that like you can pick up so much just going through. Like there are people who who find the podcast and they say they're going to play roulette today and just pick an episode and listen to it. And I love that I have that because it's not based on current events. It's not based on any of that. Like I have some of that, especially in, in the Mata Hay segment. But generally in the discussion topics, I love it to be evergreen as it can be. And a lot of my content is. And ultimately, man, I, that means a lot. You you you've seen literally me go from starting podcasting uh, and doing some some wrestling to turning into something as meaningful as this and as crazy as my brother's keeper so it's just funny i that i do both um but do not judge me if you listen to my brother's keeper by the way but uh <laughs> but that's it man this has been me and my brother jb man um you'll be hearing from us again even outside of the two podcasts that we do together because we have a habit of always finding a way to work together on something um but you can follow the podcast at awaken so pod or at the awaken so pod just depending on where you're looking for us at you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the awaken so pod at gmail.com you can send us a voicemail 614-547-2039 we are the number one podcast in the world and we out this bitch peace well,